chow, chow. <laughs> How are you doing? Listen, it's your girl SJR, and what an off season we have had. During our time off from the Woman Evolve podcast, we've been doing an interview series where we took the time to be introduced to new voices, new thoughts, new ways of being, living, and thinking. In the midst of a pandemic, racial unrest, or any life transition at all. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast series. It's honestly been one of my favorite things to do. I love hearing the stories of women who are making a difference in their world and community, but also having to struggle just like we do sometimes. And I think that there is something powerful about knowing that we haven't faced whatever struggle it is we're going through on our own, that there's someone out there who understands how pain, doubt, fear, and even insecurity can play a role and whether or not we feel like becoming. Because let's be honest, sometimes we don't even feel like growing and evolving. And if you have been present in what's happening in the world today, then I'm sure you can definitely relate to those feelings. So I just wanted to check in with you all. The interview series is coming to an end and I am in the middle of writing my book. I'm so excited about it. It's going to literally be called Woman Evolve. And for me, it is really an opportunity for me to share with you guys just what I'm learning about God and the process that we go through and becoming who he has called us to be, um, addressing the fears and insecurities and anxieties that come up, but most importantly, how we overcome those. So the book is called Woman Evolve, Break Up With Your Fears and Revolutionize Your Life. It doesn't even come out until 2021, but I'm so excited about the content. I'm gonna read you guys, just listen. When I say it's rough, I mean, it's super rough. Don't judge me. But I am on a chapter right now that is called Set It in Motion. And I just want to read you guys just a little bit of something from Set It in Motion. Then I'm going to answer some questions that came in from you all. And then I'm going to log off. We'll be back. I know that's what you're wondering. When are we having our live get togethers again? When will we be getting our giggles on? When will the he he's return? The he he's return on July 21st. Mark your calendar. That's when I will be back with my tea and my girls. And we will be catching up on the catching up. Okay. It's going on. What what is going on with the go on? Okay, so let me see. I should have planned this out. I literally have my laptop up right now and I was working and decided that I wanted to do this check-in with you guys. So let's see. Okay, okay, this is good. I love this. Okay, are you ready? So wait. <laughs> okay, so sometimes we think that we need to step away from people forever while we pursue what God is commanding us to do. But the truth is that there will be instances when you only need to step away long enough to get a revelation. This, just so you know, <coughs> just to give you a little bit of feedback about what's happening in this book or a little perspective about what's happening at this point in the book. So I'm using the example of Peter stepping out of the boat 
and how when Peter steps out of the boat, he separates himself from the other disciples in pursuit of attempting to go where Jesus is. So there's this step in between where we're comfortable and where we want to be with God. And that in between can get a little tricky, right? And in those moments of the in between, we may make a decision that we can't go any longer, or maybe we start to get like Peter and we start failing and, and sinking at our attempt to step away. We all know how the story is. Well, most of us, some of us, a few of us know how the story ends. But just in case you don't know, girl, no judgment here. Just in case you don't know how the story ends, Peter steps out of the water. He's trying to walk on water towards Jesus. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. And the moment he does that, he begins to sink. And before he's just completely drowning, he calls out to Jesus and says, Jesus, save me. And then he gets back on the boat. Jesus saves him. All right. And then he gets back on the boat with Jesus. And so the case that I'm trying to make in this chapter is that he separated himself from his comfort zone. And in the process of doing that, he received a revelation. What is that revelation? That when he focuses on Jesus, he can do things that are beyond him. Even though he doesn't get to walk it out the way that he wanted to, the plan doesn't go exactly the way that he had in mind. He did learn something about Jesus that he would not have learned otherwise. So anyways, Back to my paragraph of the book. So it says, sometimes we think that we need to step away from people forever while we pursue what God is commanding us to do. But the truth is that there will be instances when you only need to step away long enough to get a revelation. Peter gets back on the boat. Peter keeps walking with the disciples. Peter keeps connecting with the world around him, but he is not the same Peter that he was before he stepped out of the boat. Peter and Jesus have an insider that only the two of them understand. Maybe you just need to step away from your circle long enough to get some inside information about who God is and what God can do with you. Then I have journal prompts. So I don't know. That's it. What y'all think about that? Hit me up in the DMs. Slide in the DMs and let me know what you think about that. But I do think that there is something to recognizing, like especially like when you're in family circles or friend circles or community circles where removing yourself altogether would seem unrealistic or maybe drastic and extreme, but you also feel this urge that there's something beyond you. I think that when you have a moment to step away long enough to get a revelation, see, because once you get a revelation, when you go back into that circle, the circle can, the circle can be the same. None of your uh, day-to-day activities had to have changed, but there is something different about you. God wants to change you. And sometimes before he can move you out of a circle or change your circle or change your atmosphere, the first thing he has to do is change you. In that moment, I really do believe that Peter was changed. And I write a little bit later on in that chapter how at the end of the day, the disciples could have said whatever they wanted to about, boy, you was drowning. Look at you out there (coughs) coughing up water. You almost lost it. But you know what? No matter what they said, they could not take away the fact that he experienced an extension of his divinity that they never were exposed to. That means that when you step away from your comfort zone, when you step away from what has become your norm, even if you end up coming back for any number of reasons, that you don't have to be afraid of the voices of maybe failure or condon, condens, condensation, Can, what? Consending, consending voices are, don't, you don't have to worry about the voices that could be consending. What? I, I've been, have you ever said a word out loud and then you're like, wait a minute, is that what did just, okay, okay, condescending. 
<sighs> Help, Lord. I've been writing all day, okay? You don't have to worry about the condescending voices that could be awaiting you after your attempt because you know what? At the end of the day, you learn something about God in the process of you stepping out on faith that has separated you from the person you used to be. And then so our next goal is to just surrender and determine what we can learn now. I'm writing so much truth and revelation is coming to me that I can't wait to share with you guys. A little while ago, I posted on my Instagram post and I said, hey, guys, if you have any questions, thoughts or something that you want me to answer, uh, let me know. And I was going through some of these questions and I'm going to answer just a couple of them just to try and like, you know, connect with the delegation a little bit. Okay. And then once we connect with the delegation, I'm going to pray us out and I'm going to mind my business until July 21st. And then I'm going to mind your business. Okay. So let's see. Somebody said, what do you do when you feel like success and true love will never happen for you? You know, I have said it once and I will say it again. I believe that the idea of marriage and relationships and love have become so idolized in our world. And I mean, it's from <laughs> the church community to entertainment, culture, everything, music is built around this idea of falling in love, right? And so no shade. I understand wanting to have this desire. I wanted to have it so badly that I settled for even counterfeit versions of it. And so I would suggest to you two things. Like the first thing I think that you should do is really to discover what true love is. Not to experience it, but what is true love? What does true love even mean for me? Sometimes we have this idea of true love that comes down to holding hands and going to the movies. Girl, we could do that with anybody. What is true love? What is that standard and qualification that would become true love in your mind? What type of loyalty, integrity, et cetera, does your true love have as a part of its definition? And then does that exist within yourself? How does that true love show up in how you treat yourself, how you care for yourself, how you connect and relate to other people? True love exercises within the parameters, parameters of our own identity before it can be extended to anyone else. And so my thoughts to you would be less about, you know, finding, finding a true love and more about what is true love for me so that when it does come into my life, if it comes into my life, I'll be able to identify it. I think the same is true about success. Like what does success mean to you? You know, I, I want to find my purpose. That's a big deal. And something that I really enjoy talking about, I, but I think purpose even needs definition, right? Because sometimes purpose thing is like, well, how can I maximize my gift and talent to make a lot of money? That's not necessarily purpose. You can have someone who is a gifted and talented singer who becomes super popular and rich from singing, but their purpose is actually to do ministry and they end up leaving their purpose to, to pursue ministry, you know, or pursue business or, or any other industry. And so just because you're gifted and talented, talented at something doesn't necessarily mean that that is your purpose, even though you can experience what some would call success in that field. Purpose comes down to what it is that you do that makes the world a better place and that makes you feel like you have made the world better. And in that with that definition in mind, we can experience purpose in a number of ways, in the way that we serve our community, in the ways that we decide to be a light where we are in our 
jobs or at our school or et cetera. And so I, I am really, really big on giving things a definition because when we just have these blanket statements that have become buzzwords in our culture and community, sometimes we're asking for something and we're not even really sure what we're asking for. So anyone can tell you when you know they're talking to me or, or receiving mentorship or whatever from me that I'm always like, well, what does that mean to you? <laughs> what, what did you mean by that? Because I think when we are able to really determine what it is that we're asking, asking for, we can see how our life is coming into alignment with what we've asked for. Sometimes we're asking for things that we haven't even made space for in our life. So I hope that's helpful to you. Let me see. Somebody wants to know one of my coming to St. Lucia. Child, I wish I was on somebody's beach right now. Somebody says, when did you know it was time to begin your ministry? And did it feel like everything was out of whack during the process, how did you know it was really good? It was really God leading you. Who and what is God to you? So this is a great question. I think, um, man, and there's a lot of layers to it. So I'm going to start with the first part. When did you When did you know it was time for you to begin your ministry? I will tell you that my ministry began without me even knowing it, that I was just flowing organically in the knowledge of what I was learning about God and myself and love and people became attracted to that. And it was really a a few years actually into it before I realized like, oh my goodness, this is ministry. This is the very thing that I never thought that I would be in that I'm actually doing with pride and with joy. And so it was something that just came organic to me. I think that that's what we discover, right? When we start looking for purpose or purpose finds us, that we look back over our life and and we realize like, wow, this has been a part of who I have always been. I just didn't realize that this gift or this um, desire would show up and end up making the world a better place. For me, it all started with writing, right? So when I was in school, people would tell me all the time, oh, you're you're such a good writer. You're such a good writer. But that didn't really mean anything to me because like, I didn't necessarily want to write books. I didn't feel like being a good writer, like, you know, what am I? Di- I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know what tools um, or what opportunities existed for someone who was a good writer. So I just kind of said, okay, and then that was it. But it was ultimately the writing through my blog that I was able to connect with people and everything kind of just catapulted from there. So ministry for me, I think in, for anything that you do that is purpose has to be in a, an organic expression of who you are. Your purpose isn't going to be something that God has to force you to do. It's something that you're going to feel honored to do. So Let's see, someone, and then she said, did it feel like everything was out of whack during the process? And how did you know it was really God leading you? I knew it was God leading me because the outcome was greater than my effort. The impact was greater than my effort. Like I was just sitting down to write. It was natural for me. But the impact of someone saying my life was changed, the impact of someone saying, wow, I don't feel alone anymore, or I was going through a depression and you pulled it out of me. That's when I knew that there was something that was taking place that was beyond what I was doing. So my effort, no matter how great my effort is, God's effort exceeds that, right? So exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask for or imagine says that I'm going to take what you can do and then I'm going to add my exceedingly and abundantly to it. And that's what I was recognizing is that the impact was greater than my effort. And that's how I knew that God was in the midst. Then this person said, who and what is God to you? God is the ultimate creator of the earth and humanity and everything 
that surrounds us, I believe, started with God. (laughs) You know, the device that you're listening in, I believe, was an idea that God planted in the mind of someone who ultimately brought it to manifestation. I believe that he is the ultimate source. Uh, And I say he, even though even in the Bible, it says like God, God is not male nor female. As a matter of fact, male and female, he created them. Man was created in the image of God. And in order to express that image of God, it took male and female to express that image of God, because God is not one particular gender. He is can't even be confined by those constructs. He is beyond all of those things. He is the master of the universe, the incredible architect and landscaper of this world that we get to live in. And I believe that that is what leads and guides me each and every day is the pursuit of discovering where God is now. And I I think it's worth mentioning that not only do we have that incredible creator and that connection with our creator, but there are also other things vying for our attention. And so how do we know what's God versus something else that's vying for our attention? And I think that that comes down to really recognizing What is the fruit of the spirit? When I engage in X, Y, and Z, who do I become as a result of it? Is that person more of a reflection of God or less of a reflection of God? And when I begin to do the things that make me more and more like God, that's when I experience the evolution (laughs) and revolution that my soul needs so that I can ultimately, you know, the goal is to become what he had in mind, you know, to become what God had in mind. And so my steps are moving in that that direction. My actions are moving in that direction. My thoughts are moving in that direction. And when they aren't, I take a minute, I take a pause, I I repent, I pray, I recalibrate, and then I get back on track because my goal every day is to live within that flow. Corona has come for our waistline. Some of us are too far gone and we're never coming back. So this is beyond a diet. We need a lifestyle change. And I have exactly the tool that you need in order for this lifestyle change to get on and popping. You've heard me talk about it once, but I'm going to throw it at you one more time. Noom, N-O-O-M, sis, get on the good foot right now, okay? Getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic number on the scale, okay? It's about building healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. And fitting into that, if fitting into that favorite pair of jeans is your goal, great. But there are many reasons you might want to practice self-care and every person is different. What I love about Noom is that it literally asks you what your goals are and it helps you to have broader goals than just like, I want to lose weight. It helps you to understand what's keeping you from kind of making some of the decisions that you need to make because it is based in psychology. So it helps you to understand why you do the things that you do. You can name specific goals like you want to lose weight, but you can also do things like better self-care, feeling confident in clothing. I want more energy or just an overall glow. Put you better, you better glow for the Lord, okay? I love that this app is easy and convenient and the programs are so easy to pick up on. All you need is just 10 minutes a day to get the program that you need. There are specific lessons you learn about psychology and your habits. You can do food logging. That way it's easy to keep track of what you eat and learn about how you eat, okay? Because some of us don't even realize that like, okay, I don't really eat bad. I just don't eat enough. And when I do finally eat, I go ham. Uh, Is this testimony service or did I just tell my business? 
business. Okay, Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food throughout personalized courses. Noom has one of the biggest and most accurate food databases available that lets you track your meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. You're human. If you go off track, there's no shaming, just tips to help you get back on track tomorrow. Okay? You can chat with your goal specialist and Noom community because sometimes we need accountability and some of our friends have decided that it is a thick girl summer and they don't care nothing about trying to lose no weight. And more power to them. Others of us have decided that we can't eat closet french fries. You may be wondering which one am I. Sis, I don't know, but I'm on Noom anyway while I figure out my life. Join me. Okay, so all you have to do is visit noom.com slash evolve. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash evolve. What do you have to lose, sis? That's noom.com slash evolve. Okay, let me see if there's like maybe a fun one here. Uh, somebody wants to know if I'll do a YouTube video of like me getting ready. Yeah, child, I'll do that. But y'all don't be tagging your Instagram uh, followers and your YouTube influencers to my little raggedy uh, tutorials because I just do the best I can out here. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do is the very best that I can. All right, listen, saints and friends, I love you. 721, we're back in that saddle, okay? Get your life together. You, If you're listening and you're like, hey, I just started listening during off-season, where do I go when we start the live? 721, we will be live on YouTube and Facebook. Follow the Woman Evolve page on Facebook or Sarah Jakes Roberts on YouTube, and you can catch up with the kid. I love you guys so very much. I'm praying for you every single day, man. We're, we've got this virtual experience coming up, and I literally... Literally, I just, man, my greatest prayer for the virtual experience is that I would awaken you to who God has always known that you could be and that I would make you so hungry and desperate to become her that you would sacrifice, grow, and become by any means necessary so that you can manifest that vision that God has for your life. And so I've been thinking and creating you know, content and ideas. And and I've gotten together with our teachers and coaches to really create an atmosphere for you to bring all of yourself into the room. Listen, like, you know how I am. Like, I don't want you to pretend to have to be anybody when you come to kick it with me. When you come to kick it with me, I want you to bring all of yourself. Because when we bring all of ourselves, we get to really experience the fullness of our transformation. So that's the gig. That's the goal. Let me pray for you guys. God, you are magnificent you are amazing you are our healer you are our provider and sometimes we need a reminder of all of the resources you have because sometimes life makes us feel like we are limited but when we place you properly in perspective we experience a revelation that with you we lack nothing and so, Father, I don't even know why I'm praying this, but I just ask that you would open the eyes of your sons and your daughters, whoever's listening to this podcast, to the hidden resources that are amongst them. I feel God saying that there is peace amongst you, that there is power amongst you, there is strength available to you. I hear God saying that you haven't even seen what I have buried in your now.
And so, Father, help us to not be longing so much for what we don't have that we miss taking inventory of what we do have. I honor you, Father. I thank you so much for the opportunity to connect with these incredible people. I love them so very much, and I'm so honored to be a part of their world. Father, make me worthy, make me open, make me sensitive to where you are taking us next, that I may be a vessel for all that you want to do on the earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.